space anime. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Podcast of the Galactic Heroes. How's it? Uh, how's it hanging? There's a. We're starting to get towards the end of this series, and this series is starting to speed up a lot. Yeah, (laughs) to the point that I I feel like they uh, (laughs) they had like mentioned it. Um. It accelerates. Uh, like they talk the about, end, like yeah. history is speeding up a whole, whole lot. <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah, they're uh, the. I don't know. Not to give too many spoilers, since we are still twenty episodes away from the end. But like, it feels that they wanted a fifth season, but they didn't get it. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. how the books were written or not, but the ending is quite fast. Mm-hmm. We start off. Uh, yeah, I, I can I can feel it coming a little bit, to say the least. <laughs> Especially with what happens in some of these ones. But um, yeah, we start episode ninety with uh, on Heineson. There is a memorial service for all the people who died during uh, Reinhardt's push towards Isilhorn, uh last time. That's um, mainly for the Free Planet Alliance soldiers, since a lot of them came home and stuff. It's not an official state-sponsored like get together. So Rutan says, like, oh, I'm not going to go, but, like, obviously we've got to set up security because there's going to be, like, 200,000 people or something like that. Um, so there's a scene outside of all the people gathering. They're kind of having, you know, chants and get-togethers and all that stuff. There's security around the outside, but they're all, like, Galactic Empire soldiers, and this is kind of spooking the civilians. They're not really liking us. So all of- Yeah, and, and it, you could see some people kind of, like, goofing around in the back like it, it looked the like eye. there were some people spreading intentional disquiet if that makes sense you know like there, were, there were some people purposefully trying to raise unrest like they just showed some people like kind of tipping their hat down and kind of shadily talking to each other that kind of thing. yeah the thing like that's kind of the thing that's kind of interesting about this scene is um usually in the past the narrator really spoils things and says meanwhile the earth people are yada yada are planning this you know you'd see the whole thing getting orally explained at least for what, we, what we've seen right now it just happened and it seems like it was a fluke and everybody's you know pointing fingers at who the cause was and for yeah, once it the was series more doesn't really show it so but yeah eventually the uh, peacekeeping force gets kind of spooked um someone throws a rock and it all starts like that um the guy in charge of security tells the uh mp or whatever not to use Guns, so they'll come in with you know clubs and tear gas, trying to be you know less than lethal or whatever. But eventually, one of the guy gets freaked out and fires a gun and kills a civilian, and that's when the mass riots break out. Yeah, um, they the narrator says that it be claimed as self defense because a civilian grabbed and took away the dude's rifle, and then the guy pulled his sidearm and shot him. But yeah, as far as the crowd was concerned, soldier killed civilian. So yeah. Uh, this is like 4,800 civilians died and like 118 Galactic Empire dudes died. Uh, thousands more were injured. It was a big fuck up. So Rutan's getting this uh, information and he, you know, first off he tells the guys like, well, this is kind of sucks. But he wonders if it was agitated by a third party. Like he realized the civilians still don't trust the Galactic Empire nor do they like them. But like this seems like it was agitated and he wonder if someone did it to like tarnish his reputation or authority or anything like that. And, like, he kind of insinuates and maybe Oberstein, though he, like, cuts it off because he doesn't really know for sure. It was one of those things where, like, even the person, he's like, so you don't even have enough proof and that's why you're intentionally cutting yourself short. And he just kind of, like, looks at the ground and he's like, yeah, it's okay, yeah, all right, cool. So it, it Oberstein, but you know you can't really say that. Yeah. He just kind of looks more at the floor. <laughs> it's, it's, an, it, it's what's referred to as an implied Oberstein. Not an obvious Oberstein. <laughs> so, um, Oxford Oberstein. <laughs> of course, I am a staunch believer of the Oxford Oberstein. <laughs> that is a sex Take that, move, internet sure. writers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's either a sex move or like a drinking game where you drink like one beer a day. <laughs> like, and that's it. <laughs> you drink a beer and then your artificial eyes have to flicker. That's the tricky part. <laughs> <laughs> so during the investigation to this stuff, they realized that uh, old guy Sydney, the beekeeper, who used to be the Free Planet Alliance head poncho guy, um, was arrested during the riots. So I totally was... forgot about this, and I love it because yeah, it's it's a really good character moment for somebody who pieced out early on before things got really shitty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Rutenthal brings him in um, and questions him. 
he asked him if he was behind it, and Sydney says he didn't start it, but he was involved in a particip- as like a participant, just someone who happened to be there and you know did stuff. He didn't know who started it, and he wouldn't tell Rutenthal anyway. Um, Sydney said uh, if he's released, he's going to continue the protest peacefully because uh, he feels that he, like he feels guilty for passing on the responsibility during the early stages of the war to Yang and the other people, and like just kind of piecing out. Mm. So like this is his penance, I guess you could think. I think that's the way he feels about it anyway. Basically, he, he just says, he's like, hey, I'm really ashamed of the fact, like, in, in, the, in retrospect, I regret the fact that I just handed, I passed the buck onto the people before me. I should have stayed and fought it out and done all that. Uh, if you let me out, I'm not going to make that mistake a second time. Just want you to know. Yeah, and, and I think they but, end up just taking the jail. Like, I don't think they release him. Yeah, no, Rutenthal, like, straight up is like, you realize I'm going to have to detain you. He's like, yeah, no, I, it's the right thing to do. If you don't detain me, I will start, I will start going against you. So go nuts. And he's just kind of like, all right, cool. So it seems like he's going to give him like good treatment. Cause again, Rutenthal has good, like appreciation for like good military action and like brave people and stuff like yeah. that. So, um, so after he gets, Quarter, uh, escorted out. Uh, Rutenthal is kind of just musing to himself with his under. His under is like Bergenmeier or something like that. I it's was, like Bergengrun. Or yeah, whatever, Bergengrun. Yeah. He was um, Bergengrun was the the booze guy who was under uh, Kierkegaard. I just remember he has and like he a giant beard, him. but his beard just looks really strange. It looks yeah. like I think I mentioned last time. It looks like a face mask. Yeah. So he's talking with uh, Bergengrun, and it's like one. He's talking about how. He hates to be kind of at a desk job. He is more of a, as a warrior, like it's honorable to fight other commanders on the battlefield. But in peacetime, he's really just a watchdog. And then he kind of envies Yang for dying halfway through all this and not having to deal with any of the peacetime stuff. I really like the conclusion he comes to, which is just like, man, the gods are equally dicks to everybody because they killed (laughs) Yang before he could actually enjoy peace. But they made sure all of us that weren't going to enjoy peace had to live through it great (laughs) thanks guys um they also when when they're uh or i guess yeah first they have the flashback to rutenthal and mittenmeyer uh chatting talking after after the first investigation yeah yeah this was after uh reinhardt had talked to rutin about his uh about elfiel and his girlfriend and all that and they were it's just kind of like showing that rutenthal always had kind of his eye on the prize like he wasn't concerned about his like status and nobility like they make a mention Mitt Myers like why don't you have any maids your uniform is dusty you should brush that off he's like well I'm common born I don't care about that shit it, it wasn't that he was common born uh, I, I'll correct you here he, uh, he was actually born into an arist- aristocratic family what he said was um, it, it, from a very young age his family was pretty much disgraced or he just said he's like yeah it was weird for some reason no maids wanted to work for my family after the the wife killed herself and the dad was super disgraced and all that stuff yeah so it was like he was born into aristocratic nobility but while he was still a child his family was so deeply disgraced of course according to his family all his fault when of course you know nothing he was just the he was the symbol of the mistake to them as opposed to the mistake incarnate you know that kind of situation um and yeah so so he's just like he's like yeah so we just never got to have maids so it weird like that i'm just not gonna have them anymore i'm just gonna keep not doing that (laughs) (laughs) there's also another flashback to um fall talking with reinhardt like there's i forgot where the scene was I think it was like end of season two or beginning of season three when they're Skyping on the phone after uh, Rutenthal takes over Heinesen during the Battle of the Million. And like Ryan was like really pissed off during that call saying to come at him if he's stronger. And like at the time, Rutenthal was kind of like surprised that Ryan would ever say that. But like remembering back on what, how he responded, it's kind of foreshadowing to how Rutenthal is behaving now. Mm-hmm. Um and narrator then goes on to say that, like, in terms of, like, courage and wisdom and stuff, that Runthal is the most balanced of any of the commanders that have been alive in the last couple of years. That Yang was too yeah. wise. He wasn't really concerned about the fighting. Mittenmeyer is more concerned about fighting than ruling. Reinhardt doesn't, like, know how to balance the two correctly. So... Yeah, it was like a matter of just like in balance between wisdom and courage. Yang leaned too hard on wisdom. Mittenmeyer too much on courage. And Ryan, while he... I think it was like tactic or strategically he was good at keeping the balance uh like tactically he was saying like he just he really hates being on defense and actually him not being able to run defense properly or not being able to 
like realize when it is time to be on defense is why he lost uh, one of his battles against Yang. Mm. So there's a transition to more small riots and protests are breaking out all over the former FPA territory. Um, the, he's trying to quell these and try to keep them contained as best as he can. But during all this, he gets kind of a rumor or a note that says that Trunet wants to get back into power. Like these riots are supposed to kind of overthrow, not overthrow, but uh, diminish Runthal's authority so Trunet can get back into the political system and do his stuff. And also, he kind of wants to assassinate Ruthal as, like, the end goal of all this. Mm-hmm. So, Ruthal calls him up, and Trinit walks in with a shitty grin. Um, he tells him that he knows he's up to no good. And, like, he just basically says, if you start shit, you're dead. And he just is lets this him go. The part where, is this the part where Ruthal just, like, straight up is like, hey, so, uh... Planet. Oh no, it's late. Uh, never mind. It's later. It's later when he has a second meeting where he does the the most shitty goblin thing of all time, and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So after he lets Trin go, he's kind of musing with his. He bounces a lot of ideas off of Burger. Whatever that guy's name is. Bergen Run. Bergen Run. Just call him Burger Run. Yeah, Burger. Yeah, just call him Burger Trucking. Yeah, burger Boy. <laughs> <laughs> He, he likes to bounce ideas off this dude, um, so he starts talking about how he knows that Julian and the, all the people on Islehorn are like a hope to the people of Heineson. Like they hope that one day, just because they exist, the people on Heineson hold out hope that they will become liberated from these people who still, you know, do the old democracy ways. Um, he knows he has to kind of deal with them, but he can't do it militarily. He can't just like grab his fleets and go fly out there because it's a bad idea because they'll probably die anyway because. They still have his horn, but he knows that he starves them of information of supplies. Eventually, he thinks that they will just self-destruct from the inside. Like, no one will want to mm-hmm. live there anymore. Yeah, just barricade both sides of it and make sure nothing ever gets through. Try and cut off information. Cut, just isolate them entirely and hope they self-destruct. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a transition to a scene of Dusty Popolon and Kazurin talking about Cataros for some reason. Like, I don't remember these scenes too well, honestly. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, it wasn't. It was, it was more oh, like yeah, character it, development for these guys. Yeah, it wasn't super important. The only yeah, thing I that's really important why. is that Shenkop calls out Julian for liking his daughter. And that's really it. Yeah. Well, that part's real good. Yeah, because, like, Julian and Kat Rose are talking in the hallway, and it's the most nothing talk of all time. And yeah. then Shenkop walks up, and it's just like, how's it going? How's it going? And, like, by the way, Kat Rose is being, like, very friendly at this point you know just like oh julian hello how's it going like being super nice and everything yeah. not being dismissive like before uh and yeah then shen cop walks up and is just like hey julian what's up and he's like uh hello shen cop how's it going and then i can't even remember like cat rose is just <laughs> just is like fuck you dad and he's like ah, you're happy to see me get out of here <laughs> you yeah, shen cop is just playing the dad at this point it's just funny <laughs> um one thing i do remember them saying is that um Julian went in to talk to Frederica for some reason, and the narrator notes that both Frederica and, uh, what was the old name? Ed- Jessica. Jessica Edwards, yes. They both um, became politicians after their fiance's death, and he notes that's, that's like a dramatic irony of the whole thing. But um, Julian Cateros and Frederica are invited to dinner with Kazern. The narrator notes that Miss Kazern wanted to ask Shenkop to come along, but decided it was a bad idea. I don't know if yeah. Shenkop does too well at dinner parties. <laughs> he would, he would ask what are we drinking we don't have any alcohol right now well never mind i think my favorite part is they were playing some strange variant on a game that every time i mention it it's like a one percent hit rate on if someone knows about the game past the pigs which is like you have cups that you fill up with instead of dice they're like little pig figurines and depending on how they land it's different amounts of points yeah like no they were doing that except it was horses so it was like past the horses God, which I i'm pretty good like I well you see it, it's it's kind of it's kind of just how things culturally will change over the next several thousand years <laughs> after after all culture has abandoned the planet earth save heretics the uh, the game of past the horse Will be will be sent along just through some sort of weird cultural grapevine game. As Al Heinesen, you know, traveled from the Galactic Empire to Heinesen, mm-hmm. you know, over eighty years or whatever, they didn't have any pigs mm-hmm. on the spaceships, but they did have horses. Well, it was just like someone was carving pigs so they could play past the pigs, but they were really garbage at carving, so they all look like horses. So they're all just the, like, fuck the, it, it's, pe- it's past the, the horses. All the people died, and they're like, was this a pig or a horse? I've never seen one. I don't know. <laughs> 
God, I haven't played that game in like 25 years. I never, I never, I don't know if I've even heard of it. <laughs> See, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. The hit rate on past the pigs. Damn, Yo, I whiffed. Hey, when you review this podcast on iTunes and leave us a five star rating, also mention if you've played past the pigs, I guess. <laughs> like, that's past the pig, not to be confused with passing the buck. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Uh, what else happened in this episode? Not um, too much. Uh, it's the it, no, the the head of the uh, of terrorism, the the church. Oh yeah, the villa. Uh, this is like the last is. thing. He he's yeah. He talks to all the people below him and basically is like explaining their plan to to, to us, the viewers. You know, for for all intents and purposes, basically saying we are going to go with a Rome strategy, which is everyone loves this autocratic ruler right now, but we're going to turn him into a tyrant by convincing him he's being betrayed and making him suspicious and making him, like, too harsh, too ridiculous. And then we become the new Christianity. We become the people who roll in, and our religion is the savior from this tyrant, and then we control everything. So that's the, that's the game plan. It is specifically to attack... Uh, Reinhardt without killing him so that they then can leverage that to make yeah. him suspicious of everybody. Yeah, yeah. they're going to try to flip Rutenfeld in doing that. So, mm-hmm. um, Episode 91 starts out. Uh, Hildegard is back at work and she has not answered Ryan's proposal, marriage proposal yet. And like she, the, the episode starts out with her like, hi, I'm back at work. I'm going to fill out these papers. Goodbye. And then like he's just kind of staring at her as she leaves because he doesn't know what to think because he's an idiot in that regard. Um, the narrator notes that like Reinhardt straight up has no hobbies, so he like plays chess and rides horses and goes to operas because he doesn't know anything else. Also, Bittenfeld yeah, <laughs> really loved the fucking opera. Oh my god, that was so, so great. I mean, you'd think with his character he'd be sitting there all grumpy, but no, he was like a, he was like a kid at a carnival. <laughs> I well, thought the joke was he hated he it. He like, hated it. Yeah. No, he was hating it. Yeah, like he was clapping along, and then he just like grimaces at the camera, and everyone at the meeting is. Oh, I, I must have missed that. It. I thought no. I, I, yeah. I couldn't figure out if he was really no. playing it or if he was. Yeah, really no, this shows him like he really was happy. It. Okay. He he fucking hates it. Like they were even making fun of him at the meeting. They're like, ah, Bittenfield, that that fucking wild dog had to sit still for an hour. What a dipshit! And Bittenfield's like, fuck like you guys. Four hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and they're like. Yeah, when they're all at the meeting, like Mitten, or, uh, Mittenmeyer and Lutzer, yeah, they're just like cracking up at it. They're just like, fuck that guy. Uh, <laughs> and then as they're saying it, one of the people comes in and is like, sir, a uh, uh, missive from his excellency. And he like reads it and he's like, oh, god damn it. And they're like, well, he's like, oh, I have to go to a poetry jam. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he looked like he wanted to die there. And it's funny, too, because like, they're like, why isn't fucking Becklinger around here? He would love this shit. Lots of yeah, like, I should be, go trade He would be nonstop nutting for this. <laughs> Come on, get him in back here. on Odin. <laughs> Which, of course, I'm sure that uh, Mecklinger would find out about it and be like, God damn it, why am I not over there? <laughs> yeah, it's so like a the, good time all the time. The Admirals talk briefly about like the place of art in ruler like uh, the ruling class, like they say that Reinhardt doesn't necessarily need to be involved in the art himself, but it's good of him to supply money to, you know, advance it and all that stuff. Also, like he should be a patron, be but don't drive direction. Yeah, basically. Exactly. Like he's like, if, if he tries to influence art too much or work in it in a way other than just being a patron, uh, he'll have a lot of shitty artists who are just going to try and appeal to his tastes and, you know, instead of just dancing kinda... and doing whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so we get a uh, cut over to Lena Rubinsky seemingly drinking outside. Um, they Their current game plan is they want Reinhardt to go to Heinesen in an effort to piss off Rutenthal. Like this, like it, they're trying to frame it as a uh, not an investigation, like an inspection. Like he doesn't trust Rutenthal to run the place properly, and then he wants you know Reinhardt to go and check it out. They also want to have like a fake assassination attempt on Reinhardt while he does this. But they want him to live, so he thinks that Rutenthal did it. Like they're trying to do like double layers of strategy here, where they're planting rumors saying that Rutenthal's going to be a bad guy, and then also trying to assassinate him to pin the blame on Rutenthal. Mm-hmm. Um, Oberstein, uh, we kind of cut to see of Oberstein with whoever his underling is. I always forget. Uh, they know that Lang is straight up talking with Rubinsky, but uh, Oberstein isn't doing anything for now because obviously he wants to get this guy red-handed, and he likes blackmailing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we uh, then cut to another scene of more civilians around in the uh, New Land territory. There are wild rumors going around that uh, Runenthal is planning to invite Reinhardt and to kill him. And all these civilians are starting to do like these outstanding and outrageous, you know, things of how they're going to kill him and for reasons why. Like, Rutenthal's mm-hmm. going to install that kid Kaiser Yosef, which has not been around for 50 episodes and all that. <laughs> um, we see that Rutenthal knows of these rumors. Um, he also know that uh, he, like, really doesn't pay them much credence. He also knows that Reinhardt has had fevers lately and that Line, Lan, uh, Lan, Lang, and Oberstein. Lang, yeah. Lang and Oberstein are just kind of farting around, getting whatever done they want. Yeah, Rutenthal kind of sees this as, like, Ryan not doing his keeping these two properly in check and they're kind of running, you know, playing while the master is away. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of has this whole thing of just like, I really fucking hate Lang. I don't want Lang to be in control of anything. I mean, if those dipshits are going to take over, maybe I should do it. Maybe I should take over first, but man. Yeah. So he kind of has one of those moments to himself. Yeah. He doesn't want Reinhardt turning into a puppet for these two. And he thinks that if it ha- comes to it, he should just do it himself. Cause he would be better than Lang and Oberstein. But he goes, so and- he sends an invitation, uh, just saying, Hey, he's either going to accept this invitation. And then we know that, you know, Reinhardt has his head in the right place. He knows these rumors are bullshit and I'm fine. We can move on. Or if he declines it, then Shit's we know he real. thinks something is up, and yeah. then maybe it's time to make shit get real. Yeah. Yeah, so Reinhardt gets the invite. Um, he knows about the rumors as well. He meets with his admirals and tells them he's planning to go. Uh, Oberstein advises against it, says it's a bad idea, you know, especially if there's rumors going about that means someone's trying to muck shit up, and he says... And like, hey, you should bring a fleet, too, to which, like, Ryan fucking snaps at him. He's like, what kind of emperor needs a fleet to travel his own territory? Yeah. Shut the fuck up and sit down. And Oberstein's just kind of like, yes, sir, and sits down. Yeah. <laughs> so The fact that Oberstein just fucking doesn't react to getting yelled at no, ever he's used to it. the best. <laughs> <laughs> he just kind of looks unblinking and is like, Mm-hmm. And sits down every time. To- like, man, Oberstein, as much as like he's this weird, underhanded character, he's a great character. No, he's Holy great. He's greatly shit, He's a great character. Yeah. Like over these past uh, ninety or so episodes, I have I have gained a fondness for Oberstein's writing <laughs> yeah, and consistency. It's, it's just that um, just just more on it later, probably in the next after we go through the next few episodes that we talk about. But it's just kind of like he doesn't really have an ulterior motive he's very black and white and it's uh, more on that after we get through the end of these episodes here i guess yeah. mm-hmm. but it's, yeah. it's it's nice i like his character a lot so reinhardt mm-hmm. doesn't want to bring a fleet but let's kind of does some sneaky political maneuvering here and he says that he has family on heineson so he should go with reinhardt and reinhardt's like okay sure why not take a vacation so afterwards the let's kind of is like they i think mittmeyer says good job there taking him along but they get a PowerPoint presentation of the two new fortresses that they want to put in the Fazant Quarter. They look really stupid. One's like a giant, like, dodecahedron triangle. or something. I don't know. Yeah. There's orbs. One's like a big-ass triangle with orbs. It's a space it. pyramid! Ooh! <laughs> and one is named the Shadow Fortress, and the other is named, like, the Fortress of the Three Admirals or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, it's like they smash, stupid. what is it, Fahrenheit, Steinmetzes, and... Uh, and Kirky Ice. Yeah. 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 So, um... We're leaving out that dude who totally beefed it up at Easterlone a few years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck that guy. (laughs) So, uh, Mueller and Mittenmeyer reflect on the fact that Yang was killed on the way to Reinhardt, so they wonder if this whole Reinhardt going to Rumenthal is going to be the same sort of thing, and they're concerned about that, obviously. Um, They think that Lang might be behind the rumors, and they don't think it's Oberstein, because Oberstein is not going himself. Um... The idea being, if you really wanted to provoke Rutenthal into doing something stupid, Oberstein would obviously go with Reinhardt, because Oberstein, or Rutenthal hates Oberstein. Um, we give a scene of Reinhardt telling Hildegard that, uh, that she's got to stay on Fazant and run things while he's away. Uh, also to the side, quote, that matter before he gets back. Um, and the narrator narrator even says he's like a lot of people would think maybe that was immature to be like hey i need a decision when i get back like that kind of thing mm-hmm. but 
he he mentions he's like you do have to remember that like Reinhardt is sort of totally an autocratic ruler and if he did just want to force her to marry him that would kind of be that so it's actually kind of nice of him to be like I really want it to be your choice but please do make it sometime I mean it's also if you think about it it's going to be like at least a month for her to decide anyway on the trip there and back so Mm. um Hildegard decides uh, in an inner monologue that she wants to go meet with Anna Rose to see what she thinks about the marriage idea. Um, and then they show a scene of all of them getting on their ships to leave. And during this, Lutz death flags himself <laughs> really hard by waving to his fiance, the nurse. Lutz death flags himself so fucking <laughs> much. It's awesome. The, the next one is amazing. Yeah, it's like show him walking up and he waves his fiance. And it says like fiance's name and she's like looking longingly. <laughs> and he's just like, who boy, sure I'm excited to get married when I get back. Hope nothing happens to me. <laughs> Like boy, I'm in my I'm in my in my mid to late thirties. Never thought I'd actually get a wife, but here I have finally have one. Well, I'm going to. Bye, fiance. I'm about to retire. I'm two days from retirement. Here I go. <laughs> Happy days are ahead for me. It's all smooth sailing. <laughs> when we board the SS Live Forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, episode ninety two starts off. Uh, Popolon is doing his big brother teacher thing um i guess he's got a new squadron of kids the, the thing i on. like about this is um because of cataros i'm thinking i'm thinking about this further more with, more with cataros and now at this scene everybody who was in training under him was wearing their um their neck scarf out and kind of you know like poplin does and nobody else does that and i wonder if they were mimicking him or something because at first i was like oh maybe fighter pilots do that but it's like no he's the only one who does that so mm-hmm. i think they're like copying him now yeah. yeah, it seems like a lot of the kids look up to him, mm-hmm. just in general. Like, they even, uh, it's funny because the scene is actually, like, the kid's kind of roasting his nuts when he comes up. Cause he's, yeah. He comes up and he's like, you should probably just refer to me as the wise and sagacious, you know what I'm saying? Like, the wise and sagely, the intelligent and well-wisened uh, Popelon. And they're like, are you sure not Lady Killer Popelon, you fuck beast? And he's just kind of like, hey! <laughs> not gonna deny it, but hey! Hey, come on! And then, yeah, like, all, I think it cuts to, like, Julian and, um... Someone I can't remember Dusty. who just talking Dusty just being like, man, he should have been a kindergarten teacher. Maybe who knows? Maybe he'll go on to do that. Like he he looks like he's having a great time working with kids, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I have the note here, Dusty Celebrate. I think he makes a note that like he has never been with a woman. I don't know where that was out of, but it was like Julian made some like... no, made some line about celibacy. I think it was supposed to be a joke about him not getting a girlfriend or something. Oh. Uh, yeah, and he was like, well, I've been dating Miss Celibacy for so long, I don't think I could break up with her yet. That kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> so the narrator um, does a thing where he says, like, Julian has grown into a natural leader. He's pretty good at his job. Um, he takes criticism. Like, one of the things he does is people can write to him anonymously whenever, and he'll, like, read the letter. <laughs> it's just, I love this because it's implied there's, like, a shit post in mailbox, and people just leave him hate mail. <laughs> Yeah, so it shows him opening up some mail that he hits. and uh, It's like a drill tweet just copied verbatim. And he's just sort of like, at least be original. Yeah, it just says something like, that's right, bitch. I single-handedly rescued the Constitution of the United States, and I did it without using politics. <laughs> there is no difference between good and bad. You idiot. You fucking imbecile. <laughs> I proudly skimmed the amount of 1776 off of all my employees' paychecks because they do deserve pain. <laughs> Not that I have the drill book right in front of me and I'm reading from it <laughs> or anything. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so he gets notes saying that, like, you know, people giving him suggestions or criticism or whatever. And, like, one of the criticisms that he reads out is saying that, like, he doesn't think for himself that he just parrots whatever Yang used to tell him. Um I think they they were mentioning something at this point, like the tenets of Yang or something. It was like this whole idea of like uh, the way they're trying to describe it is that Julian is leading like he believes Yang would have just through interpreting his notes and, you know, studying his material. Mm -hmm. And some folks are kind of grumbling because I think I think it's very open that he is leading by example of what Yang did. And some people are somehow saying he's copy-pasting Yang's work. Yeah, like, like they made some analogy, like, he, Yang is the yeah. composer while Julian was the musician or interpreter or something like that. 
Yeah, something like that. I mean, I, I get I get what Julian's doing. I wasn't quite getting the uh, the critiques from people, but whatever. It's a shit post box. It, 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 yeah, I mean, it's a fortress full of people. You have some people who are just going to be mad about you know taking mm-hmm. a puddle out of a game or whatever. Who knows? Yeah. So, um, the, so yeah, he writes some stuff down. Um, one of the things the notes that um, that people neglecting empire since they've been ruled by autocrats so long think that politics are something done to them, not that something they can participate in and have a say in. And he wants to change that. Um, there's some other stuff there, but the big part of this episode is they eventually get um, Boris and his company, which are, I guess, just blockade runners now. Um, they come back to Islehorn and they deliver news that Runenthal has rebelled against Reinhardt. So we get a flashback, and this is the rest of this episode, is just flashback of what happened. Um, Ryan is on his way to uh, Runenthal on Heimason, and on his way he stops at some planet for a break. Um, to like, I guess there was a war memorial he wanted to visit. Plus, they needed supplies or something. Um, Rutan's underling was in charge of this planet. So while he and Lutz, uh, well, Reinhardt and Lutz and all of whatever they're reading in the library very late, um, they're just kind of chilling before going to bed. Lutz comes in and says that they need to leave right now because the guards are acting all shifty. Like um, they notice that like the phone lines are cut in the place where they're staying, and the guards are kind of walking around randomly and not really with any purpose. Mm-hmm. So they all, uh, Lutz, yeah, it's uh, Lutz Reinhardt, his kid, the doctor. There's someone else with him, too. Um, um fuck. God, I can't remember. I don't think it's one of them who's done a lot of stuff yet. Yeah. Just kind of one of one of those guys. Yeah, yeah, so they leave in a car to go to back to uh, Reinhardt's ship. Um, it eventually falls into a car chase. They have run past the blockade. There are people shooting at them. There's a whole car chase scene. Reinhardt's really mm-hmm. pissed off and wants to know who's involved. Um I think was it right? um, uh, I mean yeah Reinhardt does say when they're <clears throat> going through it because obviously Rutenthal is you know a number one prime suspect list and Reinhardt says if this was done by Rutenthal it would have been watertight no airtight no atom tight no one could have gotten through this we would already be detained like no two ways about it we would have been fucked already like that kind of thing yeah, so they try to make it to the spaceport where Ryan's ship is parked, but Ryan's ship is under attack, and they're going to take it off and go fly it out to some forest or something to pick them up out there where there's less people shooting at them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it lands in a lake out in the forest, and Reinhardt, uh, Lutz, and everybody get out of the car and start kind of walking towards it. Uh, Lutz thinks that it was Rutenthal that's responsible, but like he bites his tongue when he's about to say it because, again, he's not sure, and also based on what... But he does mention, he does mention yeah. that... Uh, the, the, even if this wasn't an act per, like perpetrated entirely by uh, Rutenthal, it is actually like Rutenthal's responsibility duty to yeah. keep yeah to keep the Kaiser safe when he is in his territory yeah. yeah. So they are walking out into the forest and they are met by a group of uh, Galactic Empire soldiers. Um, it's obvious that these soldiers want to shoot Reinhardt, but when they see him, they kind of get like starstruck for a second. And so Reinhardt takes advantage of this and, like, walks out in front of his bodyguards and tells him, like, just calls him out. It's like, if you're going to shoot me, shoot me, you assholes. Um, like, only one of you can be famous for this, so fucking choose. Yeah. <laughs> like, Some guy in the background um, lets it slip that Ryan's head is worth, like, a billion dollars. Um, mm-hmm. A firefight breaks out, but one of the traitors that was going to shoot Reinhardt, like, has a brief flash of, uh, I don't know, lose it, um, reason and then betrays his own traitors and shoots them. And so, after the firefight goes out, uh, Mueller takes a hit during this. That was the other guy who was with them. was Mueller. Oh, it was Mueller. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mueller takes a hit in the shoulder or something, but he's okay. Um, the other traitor uh, gives, like, uh, he goes down and, like, prostrates on his knees and, like, forgive me, I'm a huge fucking idiot. I, you know, he's like, I'm sorry, I pointed a gun at you, I deserved death. Like, oh my gosh, I'm, I fucked up so bad, I am sorry. And Reinhardt's just like, it's chill, man. You got it together, that's what counts. You're promoted, now stand up, let's go. Okay, and, and let's head over this way. And then he gets headshot in the head. <laughs> yeah, immediately the new guy gets shot. Like, I was like, oh, cool, they're introducing a new character from when Lutz fucking dies, because he's clearly going to fucking die. And then it's just like, okay, no, I guess that guy's not Lutz. Okay, cool. <laughs> this yeah, way, I know a shortcut. Yeah, he and immediately gets up and gets that, sniped. <laughs> then, then Lutz goes, I like your note just says Lutz death flags more because I was literally laughing while I was watching this. I was like, there is no, like, this has to be like a fake setup. Like, there's no, this is ridiculous. They would never death flag somebody this much. In the, like, the, this show's writing's been pretty good, so it seemed a bit egregious. So I figured it was a bait and switch because 
let's legit. He's just like, thank you, Reinhardt. No, I'll stay behind, sir. And then like uh, Mueller comes up and is just like, no, I'll stay behind. He's like, you're injured. You can't stay behind. He's like, but you have a fiance. He's like, it's okay. I'll be back. I'll definitely make it back alive. And then Reinhardt's like, thank you. But you have to make sure you come back alive so I can give you your promotion. And he's like, oh, I promise you, I will definitely return back alive yeah, it to was receive my promotion. How over the top it was. <laughs> In a burning forest, no less, yeah. I might add. It was, like, a, it was <laughs> a sweet set piece to die in. Yeah. yeah. So Lutz goes off and tries to run interference on the people that are pursuing them. He gets into a firefight, and he's holding out poorly because like, he's outnumbered and all that. Uh, yeah, Reinhardt's it, ship it's, takes it's off. 1v, like, 12. Yeah, yeah. Reinhardt's ship takes off, so he's like, yay. Uh, and then he gets no-scoped in the dome and then has a fire branch fall on him, so he's super dead now. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reinhardt uh, leaves the planet, and then the narrator is like, his whereabouts is unknown after that. Uh, so we flash back to the present, where Julian has just got all this news. Um, he wonders what to do about all this, so he asks Murkatz if the rumors about Runethal can, uh, well, the, the, the rumors about Runethal are true, and if Runethal thinks he can beat Reinhardt. Uh, Murkatz says mm. that Runethal was always the type to improve. Um, so I guess he has a chance, like, um, Murkat says he has a chance if it becomes a war of attrition. Mm-hmm. I, I don't... Like if it's drawn out, yeah, Rutenthal could find a, find an in and take the upper hand. Yeah, and that's where that episode ends, so, uh, goodbye Lutz, you death flagged way too hard. <laughs> you death flagged way too hard! I legit was like, there's no way they're killing him, this is ludicrous. And <laughs> nope, they, they did. You know what? Every you know, a hundred and ten episodes or whatever. I think they're allowed to have one ham-handed moment or two in here. Yeah. So <laughs> well, I'm going to go off and write. I may start writing a book just like Dusty. Welp, see ya, Yang. <laughs> <laughs> Ruthal, uh, episode ninety-three starts. Ruthal gets the news of what happened. Um, he had his back turned when he got it, and he was surprised, but no one saw it or something like that. Because I guess Ruthal didn't expect this to actually go down. Um. At first, he gives very level-headed uh, orders. He tells the guys to go find Reinhardt and help them. He also tells other people to go investigate what happened. He needs answers now, all that. Uh, he knows his hand is forced in this part, uh, like in this regard, that nothing he can do like right now will help him apologize to Reinhardt. But um, his pride well, is... because all- the, the main thing that people are pushing in this part is even if you know there are people who say, oh, he couldn't have possibly had a hand in it, they still say, well, it happened on his turf. Yeah. So even if he did not have a part in it, he was, you know, not competent enough to keep an eye out for something like this, like an attempt on the Emperor's life or the Kaiser's. Yeah, so he knows he's gonna be punished, but at the same time, like his pride is preventing him from taking the blame for something he didn't do. Uh, and to add bad news to the already assassination attempt, he gets news that Lutz is dead. And so Rutenthal feels that he no longer has a way out by killing because on his watch another admiral died, it's not like he can apologize for all this. Yes, we're sure he's dead. We could see his death flag from here. You could have just looked out the window. It was really easy to spot. <laughs> so uh, he makes the line that says, now I'm the first traitor in the Lohengram dynasty. Uh, he kind of loses it at this point. He starts leaning into it very heavily, the traitor aspect. Um, he doesn't want to apologize. He gets really mad because he got called out once on fake shit. And he's just like really seems tired of it. Like he's just like he's like I am not doing this twice. Like I fought so hard. I served this dude as hard as I could. I did a great job. I signed a friend blood pact. You know, like I'm I'm no this this is garbage. And just he's getting really mad about it, which I think is kind of fair. Yeah, I think it, it's all right yeah, to be mad about this. It's nice how yeah. it's written, especially considering his character in the past. Like he doesn't take shit, and so this mm-hmm. is and it. It, a believable pivot to how he handles this. Um, yeah. He says he doesn't mind becoming a traitor, but he didn't want to be set up for it and starts asking his underlings what uh, he should do. The underlings, of course, uh, Burger Master or whatever, decides that uh, he's like, you should go to Ryan and apologize. You know, you can't let this happen to you like this. And Rutenthal says this has already happened once and that uh, the underlings like, listen, you really have to try no matter what happens. But uh, Rutenthal is also worried about assassination attempts by Lang and Oberstein. Um, if he goes and apologizes to Lang, he thinks he could just be shot there. So, mm-hmm. Rutenthal then comes up with a plan. <laughs> he calls Trunit in. <laughs> um, I forgot what he said to Trunit during this. 
Was this the one? Because this might have been the meeting. Uh, no, no, no. Okay, he, he doesn't come in until later. Uh, Trunit comes, like he says he wants oh, to see yeah, Trunit, but then bad. there's like all the flashbacks and stuff, and then Trunit okay, shows up. Yeah, sorry, my notes were bad. Um, yeah, yeah no there's flashbacks of Rutenthal, how like his upbringing and stuff. It's his mom and dad, or finding his mom dead in bed with a bunch of pills, his dad blaming him. Um, he was always jealous of Mittmeyer's happy family life and wonders if he could ever have a happy family life, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and at one point it shows him and Mittenmeyer talking about this, and he just kind of, like, a little bit thoughtlessly exclaims, like, no, I am going to be the end of my family, I don't have any more siblings, this won't be hard, I'm just not, I never want to have kids, ever. And Mittenmeyer and his wife have been having trouble having children, like, they've yeah. been trying unsuccessfully, so, I think you know, the tra- kind of- I think the translation kind of fell flat in the subtitles, because just the way that I read it was that he was very much like, I don't want one of those damn things. So it was, yeah, it was, it was very thing, much yeah. like, ah, child, please, you know, right when his wife walks in, who, you know, yeah, I guess he been, or she had been having, you know, is on the troublesome end of having the kid. Yeah, and it's just like, it, oh, it, they both would feel. Yeah. And so like he he even knew he like knew he fucked up. And so, yeah, he got a bunch of flowers and gave him to Mittenmeyer and just kind of said, like, these are for these are for Eva. Then Mittmeyer just didn't even need to hear anything else. He knew exactly what it was for and why yeah. it was and that kind of stuff. And Rutan also makes the note that, like, it's sad that Mittmeyer and his wife can't have kids, but Rutenthal had a kid he didn't even want. Mm-hmm. And he also has treasons that he doesn't want. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> um, so there's, like, more uh, flashbacks of people turning his back on him. Like, uh, he, there's a vision of his parents fucking like his uh it's not his parents it's his mom and her lover oh that's what it was i misread yeah, that I guess. that's what it was explicitly not his <laughs> that was kind of the thing yeah it was his mom that was the scene of his mom uh cheating on uh yeah. on her husband um yeah. there's more flashbacks of mitt meyer Ruthall meeting ryan and kilke for the first time um there's more montages showing like the friendship between mitt meyer with all of them axing people doing fight club stuff in the officers club being drunk as fuck in an alley um Mittmeyer standing up for Ryan's inquiry on his kinky girlfriend, stuff like that. He feels bad. Like, he knows, um, it cuts back to the present. He knows that Mittmeyer is going to defend his honor to Reinhardt the entire time, but he still has to fight for himself, and he feels bad is kind of throwing Mittmeyer out of his life like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he makes the vow that he's going to fight to the best of his abilities to be a worthy rival for Reinhardt. So Rutenthal's rebellion news gets out to the admirals of the Galactic Empire. Everybody's shocked, but not really surprised. Uh, Mittmeyer is full on flipping out about this. Um, he there's a bunch of uh, underlings in front of him asking them, like he's trying to defend Rutenthal to these people, even though like I guess they never really asked. <laughs> and uh, but he eventually checks his feelings, and he has to realize he has to do his duty despite what he feels. Um, he's still kind of in the denial phase. He doesn't think that Rutenthal would ever do this. So yeah, this is now the part Trunet I thought, yeah. shows up. Yeah, this is the part I was thinking of. So Trunet shows up in Ruthal's <laughs> office, <laughs> <laughs> and Ruthal's like, "So have you been being an underhanded little shit so you can try and rebuild dem- Republican democracy or something so you can take leader over again and like do all that stuff? You really is that is that like your end goal?" And then fucking Trunet's just like. Wow, pretty impressive. You figured all you figured me out entirely, bitch. And then like Rutenthal turns out is like, what? He's like, I'm kidding, motherfucker. Like it's the, <laughs> the shittiest thing. It's, it's so, so good. great. It's like, so no, good. of course. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, Rutenthal also makes the things like uh it's like your job in history is to be as a warning to not let snakes into the house of, you know, government and stuff like that too. <laughs> What I but really I, like about Trunick's character in scenes like this is because if you took his general description, like his framework, and just kind of passed to somebody else, they would make him like this really, the really played out, ratty, spineless little fella that you usually see mm-hmm. in a lot of you know media and things like that. And this, he's just very much um, underhanded. Anytime he's you know in a tight spot, he just seems not terribly phased about it. Like this whole thing he keeps his composure. He's, yeah. he's pretty much inside of a lion's den right now, and he's just like. Huh. Hmm. He maintains his cool under the actual worst circumstances yeah, possible. Yeah, because like him, is... him losing his shit and wetting himself would just make him like not, you know, not at all an, an that's, interesting. That's one of the things antagonist. I like about Trinit's character, despite he's a fact he's a huge jackass and everything. Mm-hmm. Like he has composure and he has an mo and he sticks with it. Yeah, and he sticks with it. He does his stuff. He he's incredibly underhanded, 
but yeah, he, That's he what it takes maintains to get ahead himself politics, about really. it, and yeah, and he just he, he's like the ultimate evil politician, mm-hmm. kind of in his own way, but like in a way that makes him a villainous threat, even if he has like no interest in fighting and stuff. Like that's the thing I like is. You know, there's all these, like, military commanders who are, like, especially earlier in the series, you know, like, Reinhardt's this great military might and all this stuff. But then you have Trunit, who is just king shit of villain mountain when it comes to politics. Like, he's the reason that there's this whole comparison of, is a bad democracy better than a good yeah. autocracy? Is entirely him. So, <laughs> it's like, good shit. You got it, Trunit. You did it. Keep going, buddy. You're really <laughs> fucking it up. <laughs> so uh, this pisses off Rutenthal. He says he has plans for Trunit, but uh, he's got to use them later. So he sends him back to jail or wherever he's being held. It was like he wasn't in jail right then, but he's pretty much right now. He said, "Throw him to jail. Make sure he doesn't starve, but make sure he's not comfortable." <laughs> <laughs> so this segues into a scene of Rutenthal telling his uh, burger master, whatever guy, to call up Islehorn. Tell them that if they stop any of Reinhardt's troops coming through the Iselhorn Quarter, he will give them back all of the old FPA territory and Trunit's head. And uh, this shocks his underling. Like, he doesn't know what to do, really. And, like, I have the note here, is leaning into this hard because, like, he turns his back to his underling and does, like, that scheming face he does during the scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, he's uh, now openly co-conspiring with, quote, tra- traitors of the, you know the emperor for this so then it uh cuts to julian who is kind of going through and just explaining the idea of uh rutenthal actually probably would have been maybe the greatest and most successful leader of the empire but the capital would still have been on odin yeah whereas like reinhardt is uh, like a founder and a conqueror so for him it's you know he's the only person who could take over and do all this other stuff Whereas Rutenthal would be an incredible, like, protector, preserver, improver, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he'd be great at it, just not at the conquering part, more or less. Like, that's not the way he operates. Yeah, like, he would have been after, like, if Reinhardt were to suddenly die and Rutenthal were to take over, he would be very good at the job sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So we cut over to Reinhardt, who is on the run. Um, He has gone dark, really, because he doesn't know who to trust. Um, so he's just kind of skipping around in a spaceship for a bit. Uh, he gives Lutz a posthumous promotion. Um, he's real sad about it because, you know, he does the whole scene. It's like, you promised to come back alive. Now I'm going to punish you by giving you a promotion. It's stupid. Yeah. He even said he was just like, he's like, he would, because uh, Lutz was like, I don't plan on getting a posthumous, you know, promotion. I'm going to get it from you in person. And so Reinhardt's like, Give him a promotion posthumously. This is his punishment for being a fuck-up. God damn it. (laughs) So, Rutenthal uh, invades the planet where uh, Reinhardt was betrayed on with his own forces. Um, The forces that were there previously that tried to assassinate Reinhardt, uh, they have a fight. And they had like a starship trooper kind of like orbital drop scene going on, which is kind of cool. Eventually, they take it over and the guy he sends tries to figure out what happens, like why this all went down. But it's tough because they, like, burned all of the information and cleaned the computers out and all that stuff. They realized that the former planet commander was addicted to drugs when he was previously clean and had a spotless record. And they also find that a lot of the underling soldiers on the planet were brainwashed and they all give conflicting stories about why they were doing it. Yeah, um, some like of them, one of them, they interrogate claims, oh, we heard there was going to be an assassination attempt, so we were running out to go save Reinhardt from from that that's what we were doing and then other ones were like nope we were out to kill him <laughs> like, yeah. well it's like something. some of them were legitimate earth church people and others were just fed misinformation like one of them said what we mm-hmm. were told that lutz had been turned and he was holding him prisoner and we were going to go in there and you know yeah it was a no one knew what was going on so it was mm-hmm. actually kind of chaotic in that regard which explains the shiftless movements yeah. that they were having when they when they noticed all of that also they noticed that i think they said like They found 10 or 12 soldiers who had uh, terrorist banners and Bibles and things like that on them. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, the narrator notes that the guy Rutten sent out to investigate this did not report any of it back to Rutenthal. Um, 
so that's a kind of another thing. Everybody, no one reports any of this information about this Earth Church shit. They like just keep overlooking it. I don't. Yeah, I don't know why they're just like, Earth oh, Church. hey, this terrorist mm. group is just probably a fluke. I mean, like Ruenthal yeah, had know. to have heard about the bomb plot in Fazan. Like he had to have known these people were a, a problem, but. Yeah. yeah, it's a big universe. You go to any sort of political conspiracy, you're bound to find a few terrorists just scurrying around. That's the way it is. So uh, the last scene of the episode is Reinhardt eventually meets up with Wallen's fleet. Um, and it's at this point that Reinhardt is convinced that it was Rutenthal because I guess he gets more information about what has happened. Uh, episode 94 starts out. Uh, Reinhardt is back on Fazan in the Fazan quarter and he talks to Mitten, uh, Mittmeyer. Uh, Reinhardt like calls Mittenmeyer into his room, asks him, "Hey, what's up? You know this guy better than any of us." Uh, Mittenmeyer asks Reinhardt flatly to change his mind about Rutenthal. Like he's like, "Listen, you have to forgive him," and this oh, causes Reinhardt. Quick to flip question: out. Did was it the did the message from Rutenthal was that this was that the beginning of this episode? This is in the Where middle of this sent? episode, I think. It was in the middle. Yeah. Okay, okay, sorry, sorry. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, so. Mittmeier asks Rutenthal or asks Reinhardt to change his mind. Uh, Reinhardt flips out about this. Uh, Mittmeier asks for an opportunity for Rutenthal to apologize. Reinhardt is still angry, like he's. Reinhardt's like, "Why should I let someone who tried to betray me apologize to me?" Um, yeah, and then you know Mittmeier's saying stuff like, "Oh well, y- you could maybe make them, you know, you could make Oberstein and Lang step down because like he probably will never visit you as long as they're in place because he's worried about an assassination attempt, which is dead on, of course." Um, to which, yeah, Ryan again like kind of flips out and he's like, "Why should I have to get rid of two top tier vassals just so I can get this guy who tried to fucking kill me back? Like, why do I care?" And yeah, yeah they're having a big fight on that in that regard. Yeah, Mittmeyer also asked like, "Like, you let him apologize for his." Uh for Elfian or whatever, and it's like, well, Reinhardt's like, well, that, we can't do that again because Lutz just died. And Neria also notes that although Reinhardt's friendship with Runenthal wasn't as big as Mittmeyer's was, obviously, they still were friends, and he feels betrayed not only in a professional sense, but also like in a personal sense. Um, Reinhardt uh, asks Mittmeyer who is on the throne, and Mittmeyer is like pleading at this point, like, listen, you have to let him come back and apologize for this but Mittmeyer offers to resign and Reinhardt's yeah. like listen I don't want to lose you too Reinhardt's like you can't resign <laughs> yeah so but at the end of this conversation Reinhardt straight up asks him is like will you follow my orders if I give them to you and Mittmeyer like swallows his pride and agrees to it yeah, yeah I, I, I really like this because Reinhardt pretty much says right at the beginning you know, you can say what you want to right now. You know, there will not, I will not punish you, but are you going to follow my orders? Yeah, he gives him an out too, I think, at this point. Like, he says, like, yeah. if you yeah, can't yeah, no. do he, this. He specifically says, he says, I will allow you to say no to me this one time with no repercussions. If you don't think you can do this, just tell me now. I, you know, kind of get that out of the way. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the part where they get the letter. Um, Reinhardt gets a letter from Ruthal addressed to the imperial government, um, not to Reinhardt himself. Uh, in the letter, it says that Lyon and Oberstein are taking advantage of Ryan's health problems um, and that Rutenthal thinks that it is in the best interest of the Empire to purge Lang and Oberstein of their influence. Um, and he will do it himself if need be. Yeah. Which, yeah. Well, also, uh, when he when he put it as to the Imperial government instead of to Reinhardt, that was like meant to be kind of like a taxful thing. Um, but it pissed off Ryan real bad. Like, Ryan also hated that because it sounded like he's just kind of already saying Reinhardt's not actually the leader. It is the government now. Yeah. yeah. So Reinhardt feels that this is an attack on his sovereignty and is angry about it. Um, Mittenmeyer doesn't know what to feel regarding Rutenthal. Like, he wants... I mean, obviously he's a good friend with Rutenthal and he wants the Rutenthal, like this all to be sorted out. But he also, um, if they come to fighting each other, he wants to lose a fight for Rutenthal's sake, which is kind of weird. Like, he's put in a bad position here. Um, yeah. Re- yeah. He also nice. knows that he himself is not as good as Rutenthal for fleet fights or whatever, and he doesn't want to tarnish Ryan's rule so that he would fight for him. I don't even know what my notes here are saying. He, he didn't want... Uh, it, he was, like, having this whole thing of... Um, 
if Reinhardt goes out and bloodies his hands with this traitor, then it kind of like ruins his image of being this perfect oh, serene yeah, leader was. or whatever. Yeah, he's just like if he goes out and dirties his hands with this work and gets blood on his hands, then he's just the bloody tyrant so like he kind of needs me to go do it for him to maintain uh the peace we have and as much as i love my buddy you know rutenthal i gotta gotta try and maintain this peace we worked so hard to get that yeah kind of thing. yeah so the ending of this is mittmeyer is wondering what would happen to oberstein if he and rutenthal were to die like he muses that maybe just oberstein would retire or something but the thing is like he wants to get rid of the rats for reinhardt like he feels that this whole situation is overblown and he doesn't want it to go any further Mm-hmm. So we get a cut of Lang talking to Oberstein. Lang's all giddy about Rutenthal finally showing his true colors and all that. Oberstein says that uh, he might go to Rutenthal as a special envoy to try to piece this up with Lang. <laughs> he takes a sip of tea while Lang like freaks out because Lang doesn't want to be so anywhere. It's so good, <laughs> yeah. Like he looks at he's like, well, you know, we'll try and go make peace with them as a special envoy because I think this is part, of, you know, maybe a bit of a misunderstanding. And then Lang is just looking horrified like sweating shaking and all that stuff and oberstein just very peacefully staying perfectly still just what do you think lang <laughs> you should come with me. yeah so he tells lang he wants to, to come with him uh lang's like i don't want any of this shit and runs out of oberstein's office um where he runs into mittmeyer coming up the staircase uh mittmeyer is like has blood on his mind he pulls a gun he has a fucking wild look in his eyes he looks like a mad dog yeah it's It's like great the scene prior to this he's like well i can't help my buddy out by getting rid of oberstein but there is one rat i must dispose of (laughs) yeah so he runs into lang pulls a gun on lang lang is like on his but like trying to scoot away like panicking. i love that part because he pretty much just yells up to lang as he's walking up the stairs he's pretty much like don't you fucking move <laughs> and then lang just <laughs> collapses yeah so right as he's about to shoot lang uh kessler comes in and stops him um he who if you don't remember kessler is like the head of the military police yeah. and all that stuff um Kessler understands understands how Mittmeyer feels, and he doesn't have any you know fond feelings for Lang himself. But he knows, as head of the military police, he has to stop this. Um, I have here Kessler's lawful neutral. He you know <laughs> says it, if any of this change needs to be done, it needs to be done within the law. Killing him would not be lawful. You can't let that happen. He asked Mittmeyer to trust him. And again, that would fall into the whole. Now we're just a you know a bloodthirsty tyranny again. Yeah, yeah just shooting people. So Mittmeyer. I guess because of his friendship and trust in um, in Kessler, like, stops and walks off. Lang goes on and says, like, thanks for stopping and saving me. This guy is assaulted. You need to arrest him right now. To which Kessler turns and glares at him. <laughs> mm-hmm. and just So Lang, uh, not in the best. Makes team. it very clear that Kessler also would actually prefer if Lang was dead. He just cares more about the law. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hildegard meets we get a scene of Hildegard meeting Reinhardt at home uh, he tells her about Lutz and how Lutz has died wonders how many more people will have to die for him and all that um, they talk about Rutenthal's message Hilda now understands Rutenthal's position and that it has injured Ryan's pride by you know sending the note that's addressed to the government and saying that Ryan doesn't have full leadership of everything mm-hmm. um, Hildegard asks to replace Lang so Rutenthal loses his reason to fight um, she correctly identifies that Lang is the person behind it, and if we get him out of the picture, Ruthal may, you know, back down from his whole action of trying to purge them. Mm-hmm. Hilda also gives him paperwork about Lang erroneously charging Boltek with a bombing. I don't know how she found this out. Um, no, she actually says it. It was um, it was Lutz uh, had suspicions about Lang in the whole oh, yeah. bombing incident and a bunch of other stuff. She, she, uh, he actually requested that Kessler perform an investigation. So this is actually Kessler's investigation. So even more so why it's actually kind of impressive that Kessler didn't just let Lang die there because Kessler knows what was up and has proof of all these That's different things. Like I never saw, thought about that before. Yeah, if he was the one yeah, doing it. Right yeah, Kessler, Kessler fucking knew, but he cares that much about the legal process that even though he himself probably has the proof that could put him to death right now, he wants to make sure it goes through the courts, goes through everything else. Like Kessler is Kessler's hard up about that law. Like more <laughs> so than I think anyone realizes. Yeah. Yeah, so 
this pisses off Ryan because he now realizes that Lang's rights were being protected when this guy's guilty as fuck. Um, he vows not to waste Lutz's loyalty and to deal with Lang. Um, as Hilda's walking out of the office, she has some stomach pains. Uh, she goes into the bathroom, and it's kind of obvious she has morning sickness. But she doesn't tell Ryan It was Ryan pretty good, it. too, because I immediately to myself thought, like, damn, one shot, one kill, eh, Ryan? <laughs> and then immediately, like, she looks in the mirror and is just like, but it was only one time. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Um, she is pregnant and has not told Ryan about it yet. Um, we get a scene yeah. of the Mittenmeyers talking. Um, Eva, his wife, knows that he will be fighting Rutenthal, and he knows this is going to be very tough for Mittenmeyer. But uh, he asked, she asked him to come back safely and all that. And so the uh, episode ends with Mittenmeyer leaving with Waylon and Bittenfield to go deal with Rutenthal. Uh, I, I guess in closing, um, politics is back, baby. It's good again. Oh, <laughs> space anime. Wait, wait, you didn't give the title, did you? No, I did the beginning. Are you sure? We're good. We're good. Yes. Yes, we're good. <laughs> Podcast of the Galactic Heroes, just in case. I'll check when I'm editing. <laughs> and scene.